Warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause you to become confused as to what liquids you should drink and liquids that you shouldn't, such as liquids with volatile sensitivity to changes in temperature and or pressure, liquids that require two mechanical seals to stay put, non-lubricating liquids that produce gases and or solids that may or may not be abrasive, liquids that are seriously goddamn sensitive to agitation, liquids that react with each other to form a solid, which is an absolute nightmare, or limitlessly lubricating liquids a nightmare at the other end of the rectum. Spectrum, take it from Spoon. And lastly, anything at all consumed by... Should I drink that? Dot com. I have something to admit. <laughs> if, if you figure this out by knowing me for all these years, I love cheesy 80s, 90s music. So right now, I don't know if you can hear this in the background. Uh, I usually listen to some kind of like warm-up music. I have a warm-up beer, warm-up music for a show. And right now I've got uh, Warren's Dog Eat Dog playing, which I think is a severely underrated CD. I wouldn't even call it cheese music, but it's it's music that I, I grew up with and I loved it. And if you get a chance to listen to it, uh, I don't think they would come after me for playing it, but bah, who knows? I just, I think Dog Eat Dog is put together. I think it was uh, orchestrated perfectly. If you listen to the lyrics of a lot of the songs, there's a lot of deep meaning into it. Uh, I definitely think it was ahead of its time for when it came out, which was in, let's see, it was when I was in high school, so it would be early 90s. But, yeah, dude, you got to listen to it. It's uh, it's pretty good. Inside Out is a fucking slamming song. Love it. Uh, then they kind of mellow out with Sad Teresa, which blows the end of CD, I think, when you go from something thrashing to into, into that. Uh, Bitter Pill is my favorite song on there. Well, I like Machine Gun, too, but which I was just listening to, but Bitter Pill, definitely, lit. here, let's let's play some of that here. Hold on. Baseline. Now, see, here, here's why I dig that, too. So the, the song, basically what they were just saying there in German is they want a beer. I want a beer. I want a beer now. Give me a beer. Screw you. Give me a beer. So... Yeah, that's what I do to get myself ready to get on air and do a show for you guys. I listen to Warrant. I listen to other music too, but tonight it was Warrant and the beers this evening. Now, I know in 116, I just did Stone. I did back-to-back Stones with the 0808 and the rebooted Encore edition of Vertical Epic. Well, this time, uh, I had no intention of doing another Stone, but when I walked into Market District in the South Hills, they had the unfiltered Enjoy by 214.16. Thinking, okay, I'll just get it for myself. And then I go to Market District out in Settlers Ridge because I had to go pick some stuff up. And then I see the black IPA. And I'm like, that's obviously a sign because uh, currently it is January 30th, 2016. So these beers have two weeks before um, Greg shows up. Stone, Greg Stone, Stone Greg, whatever you want to call him. I call him Stone Greg. Uh, shows up at your house, steals all your beer, and uh, punches you in the gut. Or kicks you in the nuts. Or he just laughs at you. He probably will do all three. So those are the beers for this evening. Uh, we're going to be doing the the Stone Enjoy by 21416. There's an unfiltered IPA and the black IPA. We'll get into what all those mean here in a second. 
I am taking suggestions for future beers of this show. Uh, as long as I can get it in Pennsylvania, actually in Pittsburgh, because the guys in Philly like to hoard a bunch of stuff that we can't get here. Uh, if there's a beer you'd like me to review, let me know, especially local beers. Pittsburgh's uh, craft beer scene is booming right now, and I don't mean that as an understatement. I've been saying that for years, but by the end of this year, by the end of 2016, we're going to have like 30 breweries here. doesn't sound like a lot to some of the bigger cities, but for Pittsburgh, considering... I don't know, six, seven years ago, we had five, maybe eight. Uh, things are taking off. A lot of places uh, in planning. So if there's a brewery you've heard about that you want me to go and, and see what I can get, I'll gladly do it. Because there are so many, and I only do so many per show, um, I'd rather hear what you guys want me to go find. I drink a lot of it anyways. But a lot of it is only on draft. Uh, and I'm not going to come home with growlers of beer because that gets really fucking expensive after a while. So if you guys uh, have any ideas of what you want me to try, let me know. A uh, good way to find out what we have in Pittsburgh, uh, brewery-wise, is to go to the Pittsburgh Craft Beer Directory, also known as the Western Pennsylvania Craft Beer Directory, which you can find at shouldidrinkthat.com slash pghbeer. I'll have a listing of all the current breweries, I hope. We'll see how it goes. I'm still updating. But it's got a pretty current list. And uh, speaking of websites, the new Should I Drink That is 99% done. And by the 21st of February, the whole thing is going to be online. I have one more bug i got to fix. And then it's going to be ready. And I've got friends that are beta testing it for beer. So that's always a plus. It's not going to be a huge difference, but it's something that's been nagging me for a while. And it's going to be a more responsive site, more mobile-friendly and uh, the site itself is going to be the hub for not just the show notes, but also for anytime I want to write or any kind of beer news. The RSS feed for the sh- for the actual show has changed to shouldidrinkthat.libsyn.com slash RSS. Links for all that are on shouldidrinkthat.com. You can go check it out there. I'm going to have a post on there. So should I drink that's going to kind of expand more into more beer writings, more actually more writings in general about just libations in the area too, and the fact that I'm getting back into whiskey again. Yay! So go check that out, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, mobile app is in the works. I don't know if I'm actually going to pull the trigger on it or not. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, if you have a brewery and you want it listed in the craft beer directory, there's a, a link to email me or you can just shoot a message to webmaster at shouldidrinkthat.com. One last note for everyone getting into the whole craft beer scene in Pittsburgh. And if you want to find out more about Pittsburgh, we have Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week is coming up April 15th to the 24th, 2016. PittsburghCraftBeerWeek.com. There's an H on Pittsburgh, by the way, if you're not from the area. We hold that very close to our hearts. Uh, Check out the website. You'll be able to find out information there. Uh, Right now, depending when you're listening to this, um, the information has not been updated since last year. So don't look at the calendar yet. But if you want to get an idea of what they do, um, actually their Facebook page is really good on keeping, well, it's better than the website for keeping up, keeping you up to date on what's going on in the area and with on uh, within Craft Beer Week. It's a really kick-ass event to uh, promote craft beer in Pittsburgh. I was a part of it the first year. 
and uh, it's it really is a really great event. I can't stress that more that uh, the whole community comes together, supports craft beer, and it's a hell of a time. It's a long time too. Don't try to figure a week out the 15th to the 24th. It's longer than that. Because here in Pittsburgh, we like to take things a little bit longer than it should, especially when it comes to good beer. But go check that out. Uh, I'll be talking about that a little bit more in the coming months. As we get closer to Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week, I'll let you know some of the events that are going on. Uh, events that I think you should check out. You don't have to listen to me. But events uh, I might go to, don't know yet. We'll see what the deal is, but it's a great chance to take a look at all those breweries that I just mentioned uh, that are going to be popping up. Should be a lot of tastings for people to go check out the uh, the new breweries too that are on in the process of opening, but they don't have the facility built yet. This is an awesome chance. Uh, Bocktown usually has a, a good selection of local beers, which we'll get to in a little bit here. A little preview of what where the show is going. Okay, enough about the local beers. Let's get into the show. We have the Stone and Joy by Series 2, 14, 16. Now, there's two of them for this release. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Stone and Joy by Series, what they do is they release a beer that's only meant to be out for about 37 days, for about 40 days or so, and then kind of like the best buy date on your milk or your you know any kind of your perishables, you have um, you get a couple days grace period and then it, it kind of all goes to hell profile kind of drops i'm not saying you can't drink it you could drink it but if you want to really enjoy it the way that stone wants you to the way the the beer was brewed out actually enjoy it beforehand and that's what we're doing right now i happened to come across these two beers by chance when i was in market district um, the first time i saw the stone 14 2 14 16 unfiltered ipa Saw it on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, I'll get that for the house. Why not? I have something to drink. And then I had to run out to a different market district, and I saw the black IPA sitting there and said, this is a sign. I need to do a show. Time sensitive. Sure. What the hell? Why not? So I had no intention of doing two stone shows back to back like this, but hey, it happens. Whatever. We're going to drink it and see see what the deal is. So this first one is going to be the Unfiltered IPA. Now, the release date for this beer is January 10th. Uh, the date on my bottle says it was bottled on the 9th. Here's the cool thing. We actually got this here in Pittsburgh, so on, on the other side of the country. I was able to pick this up on the 15th, I believe, of January. So less than a week, we were able to get fresh beer from California, which is something that's pretty rare considering that Philadelphia usually hogs everything that we get. So thank you, Stone, for getting some really fresh beer to Pittsburgh. Anxious to try this one. It is 9.4%, 90 IBUs. Ooh, should have a little bite. It's a double IPA. And what I really like, too, is that the hop, it's got 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, or 12-ish hop varieties in this one. It's got three of my favorites. It has Citra, it's got Cascade, and it has Amarillo. Actually, four. It's got Simcoe, too. I didn't see that one up there. All of my favorite hops. Um, I'm curious to see what the Citra's going to do in this one. In most cases, skipping a step is a bad thing. Not this time. This version of Stone Enjoy by IPA omits the part where they filter out the extra yeast, hop sediment, and proteins that build up in the beer as a natural result of the brewing process. 
Though it may not sound like it, this step was no misstep. Which is kind of nice, because they're actually saying that we didn't miss the step, it's, this was intentional. By letting this IPA go unfiltered, its peach and tropical fruit hop flavors are amplified while its golden-hued color takes on a hazy appearance. Like its filtered counterpart, this IPA is brewed specifically not to last, and is shipped immediately to ensure hopheads get their hands on it as soon as possible. Ooh, really? Peach. This should be interesting. All right, let's... Oh, okay, right off the bat, I'm picking up the tropical. Um, not so much the peach, though. I'm not getting... I don't get the peach, but I, I'm getting... Tro I guess, unless they kind of wrap it all together. Um, oh, this tropical reminds me... And this isn't a bad thing, but it reminds me of an air freshener. Like a, a tropical scent air freshener. Kind of digging that. Mmm. Oh, there's no way that's 90. There's no way this is a 90 IBU beer because it is so balanced. Or I should say they did a good job of hiding the fact that this is a 90 IBU beer. Once you get up towards 100, yeah, your mouth is like, yeah, nope, I don't think so. Fuck this. I'm not going to be able to tell you what it's going to be like. I like it. It's For a 90 IBU beer, it's not overly bitter. Which is fantastic. Uh, 9.4%. You're not going to have a lot of these. Until you're feeling very happy. Ooh. I, I have to say though. It's not hazy. And that's one of the things that surprised me. Because it says it's not filtered. Or unfiltered. And I should notice a hazy appearance. But I'm not. This is actually pretty damn clear. The fruit aroma is amazing. It honestly reminds me of... Uh, do you remember Hubba Bubba Bubblegum? I don't even know if it's still around, but they had like a, a tropical flavor. Not the watermelon. Watermelon was close though. But they had like a tropical flavor of Hubba Bubba Bubblegum. I say that a few times after you've had beers. And and that's what this reminds me of. Now, I don't want you to think it has a taste of, of bubblegum because it doesn't. But the aroma and like the experience is like, man, this is taking me back to being a kid. Not that I drank beer as a kid. I don't know if that's a good thing. That's taking me back to being a kid. And I'm drinking beer. But yeah. Oh, this is good. I like this. I definitely like this. It's uh, it's light-bodied. It's got some bite to it. But I really, really enjoy the, the tropical profile in this beer. But hey, while this is warming up, uh, kick back, relax. And here is an interview I did with Chris Dilla from Bocktown. A couple weeks ago, I was at Bocktown for a craft beer tasting where I also talked to everyone about the uh, what to expect in 2016 for craft beers, especially in the Pittsburgh area. Great turnout. Had a, oh, I had an awesome time meeting everyone, too. It's, I forgot how much fun it was to actually get out and do these beer reviews and, and do samples and tastings and everything so I can you know, meet people and just, just talk beer for a little bit. Awesome experience. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chris, at Bocktown and in Bocktown, Manaka. There's two locations, one in Robinson, one in Manaka. Manaka is a little bit farther north uh, from the Pittsburgh airport. Great location uh, in the Beaver Valley Mall. Huge place. Awesome. Oh, my God, the food. Again, people with the food. I had this, I don't want to say it was a hamburger. because It was a piece of ham on a burger. Technically, I guess it was a hamburger. All locally sourced all local ingredients. It just, everything was just, 
I don't want to sound like a typical reviewer, like, oh, well, it's full of flavor. And it, was, blah, blah, blah. No, it really was. It was it was juicy. It was succulent. Uh, it, you could tell the ingredients were really fresh. I don't know where she gets the buns from, but everything was just so fresh. And it, it, was, it hit the spot. There's a picture on the Instagram feed. Go check out. Uh, make sure you're following Should I Drink That on Instagram. Is um, Instagram.com slash Should I Drink That. Or just search, should I drink that all one word? And you'll see what I'm talking about. So good. So good. Oh, man. Just like this beer right now. Mm. So while I'm letting this warm up and I'm going to chill with this beer for a little bit, here's my interview with Chris Dilla. We talk about uh, just about everything because that's what Chris and I do when we get together. And you should see us after a couple of beers. Take it away. So I found out something very special tonight, which I, I did not know coming into this the whole event. Chris is joining me, owner, founder, proprietor of Bachtown. A lot of you know Bachtown Robinson. There's Bachtown Manaka that's been here for a few years. He said pushing four and a half years. Bachtown and Should I Drink That apparently share a birthday. Not the actual date, but the year. I had no idea that Bachtown is celebrating their 10th anniversary this year a lot. Well, Long as should I drink that? So, Chris, congratulations on ten years. Uh, so, looking back over the last ten years, uh, what's the one thing I guess that that really just blows? If you could even figure one thing, there's so much that's happened in craft beer. But what really stands out for you uh, that's changed since 2006? Um, I think uh, the one thing that I crack up about is nobody can remember time before smartphones. In 2006, it's not that long ago, we really didn't have Google like we have now. I was on Google trying to just look up the term craft beer, 2005, 2006, and there were four mentions of the word craft beer, maybe everything was microbrew related, and you couldn't find anything on it, and people looked at you like you had five heads, (laughs) and I had nine doors, and they're like, I don't know what you're going to put in there, nine doors of that cooler, and people thought I was going to have 25 different Coors Light packaging. And we filled it, and we filled it, and now we could probably fill it 20 times if we wanted to with different beer. The, the volume, the change uh, in the technic- technology world has brought a lot more to our doorstep and a lot more awareness to craft beer so fast. It's changing so fast. Do you think we would have this type of craft beer boom if it wasn't for technology? No, not at all, because the smaller companies would not really be able to get their... Um, name out there or get the street cred that they can get with you know with the the wide ranging whatever I I hate to give Google the credit but maps um, you can find it you're walking down the street and you in the south side you could look and see the tap list in the next place down the road now where maybe 15 10 years ago you would have to go from building to building or call make a telephone call A what? A telephone call to see what's on tap. I mean, people are allergic to telephones. I get instant messages on Facebook for getting reservations at my restaurant. I'm like, <laughs> call the restaurant is my normal response. But it, people don't want to actually make a telephone call either. I have to admit that I'm one of those people that I guess I don't know if I'm a, a phone phobe <laughs> is a way to put that. But I, I hate talking on the phone, but I will spend most of my time on the phone. I'll text somebody before I'll, I'll call them back. And most of the time it's because I just I really don't want to have that conversation. I just want to get it out there. I'm in the middle of something. And 
and I guess that's just the, the state of the world now is that we're so busy consuming so many things and doing so many things that we need to take time to kind of unplug, re, un, yeah, unplug the technology and just kind of kick back, relax, and have a good beer. Absolutely. Stop and actually drink the beer rather than look up and see what it's about before you've even tasted it. Form an opinion on somebody's facial, facial expression. You know, take the time to actually taste it yourself and figure out if you like it. Um, you said something just now that reminds me of something I heard earlier today. That, um, a gentleman said that his, he has four people on his plan and he had literally three or four minutes for the talk time on his plan. And none of his children will pick up the phone ever. They'll see it ring, and they'll ignore it, and then they'll text. Why are you calling me? And they want to just text it. And for some reason, they went short bursts of thumb communication with their own family. So it's just we're communicating differently than we were 10 years ago, so demonstrably so, because when we opened, you couldn't text somebody about your schedule. You couldn't have your phone with you at work. Um, you wouldn't want your phone with you, really, because T9 and flip phones and all that was pretty much the standard. There were the beginning of smartphones. But I, I had my Crackberry. Yeah, I, I had a Blackberry. Yes, I did. Um, I didn't even know it could go online probably for two years <laughs> when I owned it. I didn't even know or wouldn't think to do that. It's changed so much so fast. Um, I respect it. I'm appreciative of it. They're, you know, we, Online review things are they're, they're double-edged sword. Um, for beer, for restaurants, for any business. Right now, actually, on Google, we're showing is permanently closed for some stupid reason, and we have to fight to turn that around. Obviously, we're not closed. We have business tonight, and I don't think everybody's Googling Blocktown to decide whether to come here. But that some glitchy thing closed my business, and I have to reclaim my own business. So there, there's love and hate about it, but it's really great information, right? Hours, menu, pictures of the business points you to our telephone number that you might never use, but you know you can get hold of us. It's a virtual yellow pages. Well, that's part of how I shop also, and it's just, I think that's just part of the nature of the beast is that if you don't have some kind of presence online, I'm probably not going to go there. If you, The way I see it is if you haven't spent the time to do that, then you probably didn't spend enough time doing the rest of your, your business, which is kind of bad because there are really great mom and pop places. They just don't know how to do that yet. But I have noticed that even when I go on trips, when I do a search, I'm going to look for, and this goes for food or for almost anything. If I'm trying to find something, if you don't show, if I say, I need to find, like, when I came in, I need to find a gas station around here. I saw three gas stations, but visibly I saw three, but only one actually showed up on my Google search. I'm like, well, I don't know those other places. So I'm, I'm going to go to the Sunoco station because it's showing up right now. Right. I, it is a double-edged sword for a small business because a small business has less manpower, less time to spend online, more time to attend to the people in the room. I've also heard that lately. Uh, I don't need to go find the customers. I have to attend to the customers I have. I don't need to be out on the internet looking for customers. So you kind of have to be both. But it's very hard to be both if you know you're you know you're your own host or your own cook, your own bookkeeper. You know it's really hard to find the time for developing your presence online or trusting somebody to do it or even caring. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that just like well, the worse they talk about us on there the better it is for us. It makes you curious in the opposite way. I don't know. It, it, I'm curious how it's going to change again. It will. I mean, we're only 10 years into this. How much, what, what's going to happen next? We're Snapchatting and texting our work schedules, you know. <laughs> you know what happens next? Well, that, that's one of the things, too, is uh, that I've noticed, especially with the craft beer market, is that 
because styles change, tastes change so dramatically too. It's what's popular now can be gone in two or three months, or not as I shouldn't say gone, but not as popular. Uh, the same thing is happening with technology, and as a business, how do you keep up with that? Because it's not just not just as running a business, but running a, a business that deals with craft beer. How do you stay on top of everything? Uh, I think. I think you just listen to your own gut. You know, what makes sense? What are you bored with? What is too much work? Um, what makes sense? Like, everybody's into the visual, so Instagram makes sense. They react to photos. They react to, they. I don't know who they are, but, you know, you get more You get more response somewhere, that's where you go. You know, if nobody's even, if six people saw your stupid Facebook post, you're like, why did I spend any time making it? I'm not running away from Facebook myself, but you have to find out where you're getting... I don't know, getting the response you need and getting reaction and getting customers in the door or your staff is talking about it ahead of time or your staff's saying, oh, I love Snapchat. I'm, I'm not really going to find myself on Snapchat. Things are too quick to me already on a lot of the other ones. But if it's a viable business tool, I'll look into it. If people are talking about it, it's on the news tomorrow morning, I'll use it. The secret to Facebook is spending more money. As, as somebody who buys a lot of Facebook ads, that, that's pretty much where you're getting visibility yeah. these days. It's it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but yeah. that is one of those things to consider is that when you are when you are running your business, you do have to pay for Facebook ads now if you do want that. And Facebook is a free service, so you can't really complain that they're not giving you enough exposure. They're, they need yeah. to make money at the end of the day, too. I agree with you there. We actually do do some Facebook ads, but they change the formatting and the rules. It's a little bit hard to play with Facebook ads when you sell alcohol. Like you're not allowed. They'll reject ads constantly when they like. Even if you say your audience is over 21, um, they will uh, disapprove ads that mention alcohol or beer. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not 100. percent You just really you have to do some work. So something I'm still learning about. It's interesting. We're we're doing you know, talking about beer, but in relationship to social media and advertising, it's, um, yeah, you don't need to put something in a black and white small distribution newspaper. You just get a lot more traffic online, whether it's just banner ads on something. Well, the plus side of that, too, and, and yes, th- this is kind of going more towards the social media side. Because th- this happens a lot when Chris and I talk. <laughs> well, we kind of cross, <laughs> we cross these lines a lot. Right. The great thing with Facebook, though, when you're buying these ads, is that you're able to now see the people, who the, that person is, and build up that cohort of people that are now clicking on your ad, going to your website, and, pos- and depending on what your business is, if they're making a, a purchase. And you could also grab, like, say, your email list of people or of, of however you're gathering information. Uh, there's a pixel I know you could put on your website that will gather who those people are. You could put them now into a group on Facebook, and you could target those people. And you could see if your ads are really working. Whereas on the print ads, you, you kind of throw it out there. and yeah. I mean, that's why they say print's dead, because you, there's no way to justify you're spending there you don't know if people are clicking or if people are visiting your website unless you give them a unique url <laughs> or yeah some kind of cu- uh, coupons yes with a coupon you get the coupon codes or you're going digitally and you can now track these people the whole way through and most people really don't care if they're giving up their own information it just mm-hmm. if they can get you know free cheese sticks or something they're they'll do it for it they, they don't care anymore it's we're now in the age where people just they're they have no problem giving up their personal information right. Um, it's it's definitely a different world too. That's another. Like you'd ask me what changed over the past ten years. How you advertise, even on a small scale, like I don't know, just good old word of mouth and um, reaching out. There's so much noise 
so much to read about, so much to learn every second, every minute. You can't keep people's attention. I said that we put a post up about our event tonight, today. I mean, it's not that it's the first time we told people, but we didn't tell them today, we lost them. If we told them yesterday, they already forgot about it by today. So it, just being out there in that digital world, world it's, it's so exponentially you know, growing every single day. There's some, something new and something new to see, um, something new to focus on. People are so fickle. So some of it tried and true. Some of it is, you know, hit the colleges and universities nearby and coffee shops and, you know, get just, just do a little walking out there and put up some posters. But um, to actually, it, it's on a small scale. I mean, on the level that I'm at, if you're trying to reach a national audience, you have to, you know, figure out who your target is and definitely have to spend some money to get to them. So for people that haven't been out to... Bocktown Manaka before. Uh, let's just give them a, a quick rundown here. Of you know, We were here in uh, 2011, because it's about four and a half years, so I believe it was actually episode 75. <laughs> I don't know why that's sticking up. I'm, I'm saying it's <laughs> episode funny. 75. And uh, you know, Sick Puppy and I, well, we definitely had a very good time. <laughs> we had the uh, Sam Adams Utopias as part of uh, your kickoff here. So, uh, for people that haven't gone back, go back and listen to episode 75. If not, thanks for listening anyways. So for our new listeners, or those who have come on since, uh, tell us a little bit about Bocktown Manaka and, and also Bocktown in general because you do have two locations. I do. So I opened the first one in 2006, and people asked me how I knew to do it, like I was ahead of my time. I'm like, no, I just want good beer and good food somewhere that I can go. I'm not driving all the way downtown anymore or meeting my friends on the south side. It's not that I have anything against it. It was just too far because I lived in Beaver County. And so Robinson was a halfway point. We just got lucky, found somebody that was willing to give up their lease in the space, and we got in there and got the first business off the ground. Um, we do great beer, uh, great food. We always have attention to rotating taps. And since day one, we were trying to have push the envelope with what we carried, um, not just have... There was never big beer on tap, but we didn't just have whatever. Actually, nobody else had anything much at that point, but we were always trying to find something different and unique. So now we're trying to tailor it down more to the local guys, making friends with the local guys before they even get open. Um, and we have a big, big bent on buy fresh, buy local with our food so that we're not perceived as a chain restaurant. And because we want to offer quality food come forward a few years a little complacent we're growing but we can't get any bigger time to open a second one i live in beaver county i know that we still have the same problem no good food and good beer all in one place um great great restaurants out here sure great great little pubs but nobody really offering a big array of craft or dedicated to both at the same time i know if i put it here people will come <laughs> so and this one's only about uh seven miles from me uh from my house and we were literally leaving the county to spend a lot of our hard-earned dollars. We'd go somewhere else to eat. And I just thought there's got to be somebody else like me in this county. I want them to be able to stay closer to home, have some good beers, and also get the same good food we had in Robinson. So we opened it. We fixed some things here. We had a bigger um, inside, uh, bigger inside space. So you can come with like groups of six or ten. At the other one, heck, you can come here with a group of forty. But the other one, you could come in with like just a group of four, or you could be waiting for a very long time. Our outside here has a completely covered roof, um, so when you're sitting out there and ha maybe happens to start drizzling, you can stay outside. The other one, if it starts raining, you're booking back inside. <laughs> so, 
Uh, we fixed some of our ergonomic problems. Um, we have a lot more space for storage. I have a big office here. Um, we'd like to expand the first one eventually to reflect what we've done here. We'll see how that goes. Um, it's a, a slightly different, more laid-back audience. It doesn't have as much of a late-night crowd as the first one does. The 25 hotels or more get close to our other location. A lot of hotel traffic uh, at the other location. This one's still growing and building, but we're less than a mile away from the, the shelf plant that's being developed. Um, and a lot of growth is coming our way. They're building new housing around and a lot of property value increasing around here. So, um, But that's a great place. We do the same thing at both. We have the same chef overseeing both. We have the same beverage manager overseeing both. Um, and we keep on moving further and further to doing just mostly regional. We're trying to be all regional um, all the time with our beer. Um, and we try to find new fresh local partners <clears throat> Excuse me, all the time. So what's the future of Bocktown? Oh, my goodness. Um, no pressure on this because I'm going to hold you to it. Right? It's funny because you always have to think ahead. You know, I, I had brought you out here under the premise tonight of talking about what's hot for 2016. We also have to have a pretty good idea what's hot in 2017 or 18. You can get better beer everywhere now. Um, I don't want to say everywhere, but your grocery store. You can drive straight up to the brewery store, buy growlers. Um, the competitive edge is for us would probably be to just stay with the, the freshest, the newest, the you know the most local things, and be what we always have been, and just be good at it. I, I don't think it's time to jump out of this market. What are we going to do? Sell Budweiser next week? No, that's please, not going to happen. Please no. No, we, we we are talking about completely eliminating all the domestics. Um, we haven't quite done that. We have eliminated all the imports except for just one or two that people call for behind the bar. We've eliminated the whole entire Belgian line, German line that we used to carry. Not out of disrespect, but we don't need to do it. We, there's so much good beer locally. So as more beer becomes available of styles, like Belgian-style brewery from Pittsburgh, we all know that that would be dry luck. Well, we can get Belgian-style beer made in Pittsburgh. We don't really need to go buy real Belgian beers or try to beg Allagash to come back to Pittsburgh. We can, you know, we can fill that note here. So... I think it's more about finding styles that are regional that we can constantly provide to people. Your mentioning of going away from the macros have, has me thinking now. There's a lot of concern with the macros buying the some of the a lot of these breweries that it's going to take over shelf space and it's going to push them out. And the fact that Budweiser also owns part distributors, like wholesalers too. Do you think there would be any kind of backlash if if Budweiser starts doing this to restaurants who no longer carry their products? Um, I don't know what kind of the backlash should really be. Um, I always say Budweiser wants to make another dollar. they got to tell their employees to bring toilet paper to work. <laughs> I mean, they, they only, you know, they really, they're at some kind of a limit. And they have so much money and it's such a different ball game than I can even imagine. Um, they can't hurt me because I'm not their customer, technically. Um, if they hurt my supply chain by taking away some of the craft breweries or buying them, you know, I'm sorry to see uh, Blue Point get bought and Ballast get bought and Elysian get bought. I'm really not buying those products anymore. There's so much else to buy that it's not going to affect me. Maybe it'd affect me in 40 years, but do you think we're going to be like another prohibition? We're going to come out of a prohibition and have three beers to drink again? I don't think the, I don't think the public's ever going to let that happen. That will never happen again, especially after all the uh, the gangs and the mobs that, that came in because of prohibition. 
if you've if you guys listening have never seen this, uh, go check out Boardwalk Empire sometime, and that'll give you a good idea of. I'm not going to say that's an accurate depiction of what happened, but it gives you an idea of, of what times were like back then during Prohibition and, and what those guys had to deal with. But Nucky Thompson is definitely a real person, and you can look him up on the Wikipedia because I had to because I had no idea he was a real person. So, anyways, so really quick, uh, where can everybody where can everybody find you online? Because Chris is also one of the most active businesses on social media, and like I said, with the craft beer and social media, is how we you know, we started talking. And Chris was also very involved with PodCamp Pittsburgh. Because everyone's like, oh, my God, there's a business using social media. We're winning. <laughs> Somebody understands us. So where can we find you online? It's not too hard. <laughs> Just at Bocktown um, on Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're also on Instagram. Uh, personally, I'm uncapped. Uh, I'm not really active on Twitter these days. Just trying to be busy and take care of my business and, and not be distracted. But you can definitely reach out to me that way. It's U-N-C-A-P-D. Um, but Blocktown itself uh, is very present on Facebook. Unfortunately, on Google today, we're not so <laughs> present, but we'll fight that battle another day. Somehow our, our business got permanently closed, Mark, on it, but I'll, I'll either beat the hacker that did it or reclaim my business in a couple of days and it'll be fine. But um, We're here. We're open. <laughs> very easy to find online. Plus, our website is very dynamic. Our beers and our food are updated online every day. We're hitting our website and updating it ourselves, um, and we also have an email list that you can subscribe to, get some offers. Um, that's on, on my website. I want to add really quick. Every Tuesday night, there's beer tastings here from six until eight p.m. Uh, tonight, what we had was the full pint, dark and farmy, not to be confused with the dark and stormy, like I kept trying to almost say <laughs> a few times. Uh, the Helltown Idlehands Double IPA, and then also there was the uh, the Fathead Shakedown Stout. A gentleman came up to me, and I was hoping to uh, I I could have gotten him on the mic before he left. You didn't you didn't hear this, but he he came up to me and said, "I really like coming to these things because it's like the TV show where the guy takes the pill and he has a moment of clarity." He's like, "Because tonight I had a beer, and it gave me that moment of clarity." I looked at him and went, wow, you're blowing my mind right now. He goes, seriously. So, Helltown, your double IPA opened the mind of a gentleman tonight. And I'm hoping he's listening and he can, uh, he'll chime in on this. I forget which gentleman it was because there was about six or seven of them that were all just loving the Helltown tonight. So, if you were that guy, let me know. Chris, thank you for joining us once again, or joining me. I, I say pluralized. I'm still not getting used to this. My imaginary sidekick that's next to me. Go to Bocktown.com if you're in the Manaka area or the Robinson area. Definitely check it out. It's one of the long-lasting craft beer restaurants. What are we calling you? Or gastropub? You want to, how do you I want do, to be labeled? I do, I do gastropub. Because we like labeling things. Yes, we do. We do. I so, consider us gastropub because we have a good uh, – we really are a balance. We are a restaurant that happens to have good beer more than a bar with good beer that just happens to have some pub food so and i do want to add too the, the nice thing i saw with the menu is that you've got you have grass-fed beef now mm-hmm. which is big 
which is really big in the area. And I, I think it's kind of tough to come by around here. It is tough to come by. Um, it's, again, something like I knew for a long time that I wanted on my menu. Um, it's very hard to source and very hard to keep in stock. But I've made a friend, a uh, farmer friend, and literally he's raising um, meat for us. Meet your farmer, meet your meat. Um, it's He's only in Hookstown, PA, so it's like less than 20 miles from each restaurant. And uh, there's some information about them on our website, but we did not have it daily for about three years now. We just finally this year put it on our menu, and we have to call him a lot, say, bring us a new one. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's been great. It's a person who is very aware of what they're eating. It's our customer. It's the same person that's very aware of what they're drinking. I think it's important. Um, but thank you, and I, I very much enjoy having the conversation with you. I appreciate you coming here. It's nice to catch up. It's been a little while since we've spoken. The world of craft beer has changed around here. And we're still here. Yeah. Who would have thought 10 years ago that we would still be doing Well, I'm glad you're still doing this because you get paid to this. This is, this is your livelihood. I do think that there's money in it for a lot of different people, ancillary to the industry, too. Um, it just I don't know if they think it's going to just magically disappear. There's need for... A lot of services around craft beer, uh, whether it be distribution, the tastings, um, uh, knowledge, server training. Um, if every bar in, you know is, ha- is going to have craft beer, just think of that market. Just somebody could be out there training people about better beer, Cicerone programs, beer judging. There's so much ancillary to it that's all the apps. You know? Just make sure the person who's doing the training is actually qualified to do the training yeah. because there's going to be a lot of fly-by-night ones. Well, there is. I'm not saying. I'm just suggesting that there's plenty of other ways to make money in this right. industry. Um, opening a restaurant, having beer is not the way, because there's a restaurant in every you know every five feet, and there's better beer available at this point. Every five feet, people can brew their own. Heck, you can buy some kind of Keurig thing and make your own beer the, now. The Pico system. Yeah, I I saw it. I'm like, what in the world? Do you think that's going to stop people from going out and have better beer? No. I don't think it's going to stop people from brewing either. I think it's just something else to amplify that that craft beer is here to stay and it's not just it's not just a fad anymore that people were thinking of it's you know five years ago even they were saying it's just a fad why are you bothering with it now it's putting a serious dent into a lot of big companies pockets and it's also creating a lot of jobs too i believe it's creating a lot of jobs and the idea of the bubble bursting i don't think will ever happen i mean i i already touched touched on this about like prohibition but i think there's room for a, a brewery that understands it's Distribution. It's not, it doesn't have to be too big. There's probably room for one every single zip code, like the Milkman of, of yesteryear. I really compare it to that. Like you would go support your community brewery and the community brewery next door or next down the road, but you don't need to go also support your Budweiser's and your whatever. You know, you you, you definitely can find good beer regionally, and some people are fortunate enough to have you know three or four within an easy drive. Just go fill up your growlers and support your local business. You know why not? We can't. We couldn't do that ten years ago. I mean, you could. We went to East End. I mean, that that, that was pretty much it. East End and uh, Church, and it's like I think there's probably about five. I think there honestly, I think there's about five breweries in Pittsburgh when we started this. And by the end of this year, we're looking at over thirty. Blows my mind. It does. It does. And actually, it's surprising that they. You know, people say also that they're all just going to be duplicates of each other. You can see the personality. You can see. You can taste the flavor differences. I don't think you can blindly figure them all out, but uh, in, you know, maybe a few of us that have really been watching them from day one, 
Some of them uh, appeal to different age groups. Some of them appeal to different, uh, maybe different generations of drinkers. You know, I love it. I love the variety. I love uh, what's happening. I'd like to see a few more going down the, you know, barrel aged, you know, sour program line. I think we've talked about that. I don't know that that's a very good money maker because it's so much time in. Um, it's a limited audience, but I hope they can dedicate to that for us. Plus, the other nice thing too is we do have rum makers in Pittsburgh. We've got vodka makers. We have whiskey. There's gin. There's tequila. We've got just about every type of libation you can think of. We besides wine ciders. Do we have absinthe in Pittsburgh yet? Does anyone make an absinthe? <laughs> I don't know if we need that. Green fairies. There, there might know. be. There, you know, it's, I should probably talk to Wiggle. They, I, they probably have some kind of absinthe. They're knowing them. <laughs> But that's the other nice thing is even five years ago, we didn't have all these options. And now there's no reason why you can't buy local in Pittsburgh. Direct, too. Yeah. A lot of direct. Like if you want that quality product, you can take a whatever, a half-hour trip away and actually you know, stock your bar full of things that are made here. But you've also saved a few dollars on. You're not going, It's not ch- channeling all through the state and... Back around three stores before you get it. You can literally go meet the person who made it. I think it's awesome. And they love talking about it, too. Usually. 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 <laughs> usually. Some of them, they need to stick back in the closet and let them just do the work. <laughs> Hire somebody to talk for you. <laughs> that's, well, cr- your, that's your job, right? That, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get out a little bit more here in, in 2016. And we've had a, I've had a lot of requests from people asking me to uh, do a, a few one-off things here and there. So keep the requests coming in. I'll see what I can do for you in oh, it. And I'm going to mention, I gave uh, Doug a present tonight. <laughs> Long-time listeners of the show will appreciate what's in this bag for one of them. Go, go ahead. and just. Go ahead. <laughs> I've been holding on to this probably since last August. I came back from Canada. I bought a six-pack of um, what amounts to a Bloody Mary that is sold in a can. And he, like recoils every time you mention it. It looks like he's going to throw up right now. It's not that, I don't think it's about the tomato juice. It's just about the idea of the beer mixed with the tomato juice in a can that's called a chilada or something. Well, the, the chilada was the Bud Light with the, yeah, and that. It's Whenever I see clam juice listed on, as an ingredient on something, oh, it's right. That's okay, right. so these are called clamatos, and, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, no. But this thing is from Canada. It's made with vodka, not beer. And I actually found it like, I'm sure it has MSG and everything I'm not supposed to ever even <laughs> consume and takes years off my life. But it actually tastes okay to me, so I've been holding on to one for you. So I want you to eventually try it on the air, uh, taste it, you know, do... I'm making a, I'll make a video. I haven't done a video in a while. I'll make a video. And there's a secondary one in, in there. I gave him two things to drink. The other one is a buzz ball, which is the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever seen. It looks like a little grenade that you buy, uh, like at a quickie stop, whatever, uh, food mart in other states. They don't sell them in Pennsylvania, but I've seen them in Ohio and West Virginia. And they must market them to underagers because they're just these, they just look like booze, just a little ball of booze, and you're supposed to guzzle it down. It couldn't be eight ounces. You know, it's people leaving their state going back somewhere else where they can't get these. And that's they they buy them all and then they give yeah. them to unsuspecting poor souls and make them drink it because I'm not drinking it. They drink it on their way back. That's what's oh. happened. Not the people driving, but everyone else in the car. That's like their their drive back of shame. Oh, maybe that's it. But I I just bought it to see if you'll drink it and tell me how bad it is. I will drink that on a so special video. We'll see what we'll see what happens. 
Uh, should I drink that is expanding in 2016 to cover more rum and whiskey and other libations around the Pittsburgh area? And also, hey, musical groups, hopefully we'll see. Something happens with that. Chris, thank you. I know we, see, we tried ending this like 15 minutes ago, and we keep talking, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. Well, you can edit but half this out. Just keep them. I, I've got the power of editing. <laughs> but thank you very much again for your time, for everything tonight. If you get the chance, come out to Bocktown, bocktown.com in Manaka and in Robinson. Check-ins later. Thank you. That was fun. Told you you were going to be in for a good time. Chris is always awesome to talk to when it comes to craft beer. And... Uh, I love talking to her. I I don't see her enough. I haven't seen her in a very long time. And it, it was great just to sit back and, and shoot the shit with her. And and uh, I do have the treats that she mentioned in the interview. Uh, I will be doing a special video. Not tonight. But upcoming, there will be a video of me drinking the chalada and that rum ball thing that she mentioned. Wait till you guys see this thing. Oh God! I, it, this is going to go back to the days of when we, when Sick Puppy and I used to drink just like bad things just to drink it. I have a feeling it's going to be like that. So, thank you again, Chris, and everyone out at Bocktown Manaka for being fantastic hosts. I had a great time. My beer glass is empty. It's time to go to the final beer of the evening, which is going to be the Stone Enjoy by. 21416 Black IPA. Just like its golden envelope pushing counterpart, Stone Enjoy by Black IPA is intensely hoppy and should be enjoyed uber fresh to experience its vibrant stone and tropical fruit flavors and dankness. This double IPA's black colored malt canvas comes from the German seminar and Patagonia Black Pearl Barley, which adds pleasingly smooth taste. It's always smooth. The hop profile is predominantly Australian, featuring Down Under Wonders, Vic's Secret, Ella, and Galaxy. Stone Enjoy by Black IPA is shipped immediately to ensure hopheads get their hands on it as soon as possible, as it is brewed specifically not to last. Drink your shit now, is what they're telling you. That's what they want you to do. And that's what we're going to do. So my other one was bottled on two nine, uh, nine. Hey, this one was bottled on one nine. Also, I wonder if dankness is what or dank and dankness is going to be one of those words that people hate to hear. Kind of like moist. Like when people hear the word moist, they're like, "Oh God, moist! I hate that word." Oh, moist, dank. It's like the sound of it. Excuse me, you're feeling a little dank today. All right, let's give this a let's give this a sniff. All right, this one claims to be tropical. I'm not getting it. It's slight fruit. Very slight fruit to it. A little nutty. Um, but that, it's, hmm. Th- this does have a nice, uh, I'd say a nice tan collar on it. Kind of creamy looking. Looking like it's going to be delicious. But I, I, when it comes to the aroma of how they described it, I'm not getting it at all. Like it's a little bit nutty, a little tropical. But it's it's actually kind of bland. It, there's not a lot to it. Well, let's see, let's see how this holds up to uh, the taste. Cheers. Oh, God. What the hell is that? 
Wow. Okay, that's 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 fucked up. <clears throat> so, <laughs> of course, earning that explicit tag to show. Get the dank. So this one comes in at well, it's nine point four percent, which is similar to the other one, and but this is only eighty IBUs. This tastes like um, burnt fruity coffee. I, I'm picking up some of the. I get some of the hops out of that. This this is more. Yeah, I'm not getting the fruit as much. It's like a slight hint of fruit, but it tastes more like burnt coffee. And I I do like a little char to my. I, I don't drink a lot of coffee myself, but I actually like um, I like mochas. I'll say that. Like I, I'll go to Starbucks and I'll order a nice mocha because that that's my jam. That's what I have when I go there. Still not. I still refuse to give in to coffee. And people are like, I can't believe you drink that shit because it's always it tastes like it's burnt. That doesn't taste burnt. This tastes like burnt coffee. It's nutty. Not bad. Little fruity. I like that. But it tastes like burnt coffee. I'm gonna let I'm definitely letting this warm up a little bit. Cause it, it, I think that's still a little I think it's still it's gonna be a little bit better, I think, this once this warms up. But that holy shit, that's like Yeah, that's like that's like coffee gone bad. It tastes like a coffee stout that somebody put in after a fruit beer was already on the tap. So they did basically like someone didn't clean their lines. They had a fruit beer going first and then they came in and put this. Here's what it is. Here's what this tastes like. Somebody had icy mango online on the tap system, took it off and put in like a, a uh, coffee stout and then ran this through it. That's what this tastes like. You get a little bit of the mango to it, like the fruit and then you get bitter coffee. That's what burnt coffee. That's what this tastes. This is that's what this reminds me. Of. It's it's decent. It's not a style I'm particularly fond of right now. It's not something that's even chug worthy. It's not disgusting. Let's put it that way. But I'm sure there's something I could pair this up with, uh, food wise, to probably enjoy. It. But here's the thing that grosses me out when I was checking out the stone site. One of the things that is suggests that you drink this with, or I guess eat while you're drinking this is Waldorf salad. Waldorf salad is the bane of my existence. I fucking hate that salad. Like if I see that, I get angry inside. I feel, I can feel the rage right now from it. And I will tell you why it is one of the most disgusting things ever made. And one of my aunts, God bless her soul makes this every holiday. And it's, it's turning into like, we're laughing like, oh, God, is she going to make that salad again? Because I think one person likes that, and I believe that one person is my brother for some reason. So we always joke that, oh, she's freaking making that salad again for my brother, isn't she? I know she is. And you know, you want to know why it's disgusting. I've never had a good Waldorf salad before. I'll tell Here's why it's, it's bad. All right, so it's got fresh apples, like some celery, walnuts, but and... Various fruits. That's basically what my aunt uses, like, is apples, celery, and walnuts. I, I remember that vividly in my mind. But it's also dressed in mayonnaise. Oh, yes. Mayonnaise. Mayo fucking haze. With that, 
It's, it's grapes. That's the other thing she uses too. She uses grapes in it, I think. Oh my God, I can't stand it. And she knows I don't like it. I think she makes it too just to piss me off. But the, oh, freaking Waldorf salad. Disgusting. And they say you should drink this beer with it. Maybe, you know what? Maybe this will make Waldorf salad taste better. That's about the only thing I can think of. Because it is so, it, that's how much I hate the salad. Oh, and to my cousins who I know listen to this show, you're all laughing your ass off right now because you agree with me. You're like, God damn, that's salad. That's been around for decades. My brother is, uh, he's the oldest in the family well, on my side. And he's been around for uh, maybe a little bit longer than I have. He remembers the 70s. I, I don't. And I joke with him all the time about this shit. I'm like, this this happened in the 60s or 70s because I'm sure you had something to do with it. It was like hip back then, and you probably said you liked it because you didn't want to tell her that it sucked, and, and now she makes it for everyone. So I'm putting all the blame on him. And he's going to kill me for even mentioning age in him, but I'm the one with the significant birthday coming up here, so he can he can buy me a beer and shut me up. Oh, Waldorf salad, disgusting. Seriously, if I see any of you eating it in front of me, I'm probably just going to slap you in the face and say, what the hell? It, it's that gross. Yeah, God. Fucking hate that salad. Seriously, I, I am so pissed off right now thinking about that salad. But you know what? You know what's even more pissier sounding? Drunk people calling the SIDT drunk dial hotline. Let's take a few calls. You'd have to have a future broadcast to use this shit, you fat bastard. I like calling people when I'm drunk because it makes me feel randy. And you know what? I am randy. Boone, listen to me, buddy. I got this burning sensation in my anus. I just drank some, I don't know, some kind of pumpkin spice, and the spice is burning me in the wrong spot. You got any way to fix this beard? I really need to know. There's this bartender, Janet Bar Kaminsky. She keeps feeding me the pumpkin spice beer. It was my first mistake, but she said she knew you. It's some kind of weekend thing. I don't know, dude. I need some kind of filling. Help me out, brother. Stalk you. Why are you so fucking chipper? Fuck you. This is just harmless. Eat shit. Die. At least you guys have a better message than the other drunk hotline shit. They just kept beeping. Well, it's up, y'all. Um, two bottles of wine in an hour, and um, I'm all right. I'm I'm feeling all right. You you guys are awesome. Just having people shit talk to you and everything like that. Shit, maybe it might be useful. All right, well, you guys. You guys are my heroes, man. Like, fucking, I just want to call somebody. I don't want to call an ex. You guys are there and be like, fuck you, call us. I'm like, all right. So, yeah, I might call you guys later, too, because shit, it's only, like, fucking 9 o'clock. So, might might call you guys again later. So, early in the day, we'll get there, guys. All right. Well, you guys, you guys keep frosty. Okay, so as we're wrapping up, um, one thing I do want to touch on really quick. 
I've been, I finally finished Doctor Who. You guys have been sending me some awesome emails and messages on Facebook and on Twitter. I finally finished watching Doctor Who. Here's what I think. The 12th Doctor, Peter, nah, I'm not really a fan of his. He's a good actor, but not a fan of his. Clara, yes, fan of hers. Uh, Matt Smith, I grew to like him towards the end. Not my favorite Doctor, still David Tennant, who Doctor Ten. He was uh, he was my favorite, hands down, without a doubt, my favorite. Matt Smith, he grew on me. I started to like him towards the end. I wish he would have stuck around a little bit longer. But Pond is the companion I would probably end up with. Clara, cute, but I think she could be too high maintenance, so she'd be fun to take on a couple trips. But the one you're going to settle down with, it's, it's going to be Pond. That's the one you go back to, hands down. So I'm going to take Dr. Ten, David Tennant, and I'm going to take Pond as my companion. Those are my two. Someone asked me recently if I could be, um, if I had one person who uh, from a TV series who would come and save me from a deserted island or save me from some situation, uh, who would it be? It would be Amy Pond, or yeah, we'll call her Pond, and Dr. Ten, David Tennant, the, because they're going to show up in the TARDIS and fucking take me away, and I can go wherever the hell I want, any t- anywhere, anytime, anything like that. Also, I, so once I finished that up, I needed something else to watch. I finally watched Jessica Jones. Holy shit. You guys have the best suggestions. And, of course, I need more now because I just finished watching it. But Jessica Jones, first of all, has David Tennant as the main villain. Awesome choice. You're going to like him even more because of the series. I'm not into the whole Marvel thing. I used to read comics all the time. But I read mostly X-Men. And I, I stuck with the X-Men all through the 90s, early, uh, late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s. I loved X-Men. Didn't read much more than that. So I don't know the whole Jessica Jones story. So for somebody like me going in, which would be like a lot of you, going into a new series where you don't know the, the character background, this is an excellent series to watch. It's dark. It's funny. It's fun. It's a lighthearted moment. No, it's, uh, it's very dark, but it's also humorous and it's very well written. She's the crazy bitch that no, that people are like she's cute, but you don't want to stay with her because she's crazy. That that's that's her, and we all know somebody like that, or we've all dated somebody like that. She's crazy. She's just she's got she's got as her friends say she's got issues. Awesome series though. Uh, I heard there's going to be a spinoff of one of the characters. Don't ask me any more about that because I'm still trying to figure everyone out, but. I am so anticipating the series coming back for another season. She's basically this... Uh, I'm trying not to give away any spoilers, too, as we we go through this whole thing. Um, she's a private investigator who's got special powers. She's got, like, superhuman strength, which is, like, pretty awesome. She's badass, and she drinks a shit ton of whiskey and gets drunk. So, she, yeah, she's like, the, she's like the crazy girl you pick up the bar at the end of the night. Uh, check it out, though. Very cool. Recap on the beers quick. Uh, Stone Enjoy by Unfiltered IPA. Love that beer. Still think that the the fruit is just, the tropical fruit is just awesome with this. It's very well balanced with the hops. Like the the bitterness is still kind of meh, kind of mild on that. It's not I'm not getting the ninety IBUs on that thing, but still really good. Uh, the the black IPA. His burnt coffee. 
with a little bit of a little bit of fruit on the top there. Oh yeah, just like dirty line beer. Not a fan of it. Wouldn't buy it again. The other one, I, I hope to see this as more of a yearly thing because this is turn this into a a a longer running beer stone because I really enjoyed the the unfiltered IPA. If you're on the internet, which I know you are, and I, I can't thank enough the community that we have out there, the Facebook group that we have going on. Uh, so it's uh, facebook.com slash group slash should I drink that, I believe. Just search for should I drink that in groups. Has been growing. Uh, I've never really made big announcements about it. It's growing slowly, but the audience is awesome. Lots of great uh, feedback from people over there. Join us. So we got Facebook.com slash should I drink that? Facebook.com slash group slash should I drink that? On Twitter and Periscope at SIDT. YouTube, Instagram, Google Plus, should I drink that? Make that easy for you. Snapchat, SIDT beer, which I've been posting pictures all night tonight of the beers I'm drinking and when I go out. So definitely check me out on Snapchat. Good time over there. Send me your beer pictures too. I definitely want to see these. And if you're on if you're on untapped. Check me out at Spoon, S-P-O-O-N, like the utensil. And uh, and we can talk beer on there. Instagram's a big one. I lo- I'm loving Instagram, and I'm going to be periscoping again here soon. So thank you, everyone, for episode 117 of Should I Drink That? This is the Most Reverend Father Spoon, where even if it's crap, I drink it so you don't have to. Good beer, good night. <laughs>